things. Ads beast. Special mm-hmm. rule. Special rule. Ad beast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. They can add them. They there, can it add them. there it is. There's our daily ding, reminder. Ding, ding. Play the special rule. <laughs> Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a program completely dedicated to the board game Spirit Island. On this show, we examine and discuss every aspect of the game, whether they be general tips, in-depth strategies, or silly shenanigans. Today, we're going to engage in a unique topic that was actually suggested by one of our listeners. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, how about that? Excited for this. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for this one. Me too. This was a great idea that we were suggested. One of the things that we want to do moving forward, and we've actually kind of had this notion before, but it just kind of didn't really fit into the game plan that we had already. Right. Was as this show continues to go on, we kind of wanted to start examining a lot of the feedback that people have given specifically about ideas for topics. And thinking about some of the things that they've said and how we can see where we are, Mm -hmm. kind of like the flow of thoughts that we're currently having with the game at the moment and seeing what we can use. And we just kind of wanted to start taking some of those ideas. Because we've been seeing them. There's been lots of feedback, lots of ideas. And a lot of them are like really great ideas. And some of those are like, okay, we actually did want to do this one. Exactly. But just later. Or we do want to take on this one because it's similar to another one that we were going to do. It fits in perfectly. But it wasn't exactly. Exactly the same. Like, we thought we would take this on from another angle. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of fun to examine all these things and kind of cherry pick the ones that we think could work well at the moment. And some are like, okay, I think we can do this one, but maybe a bit later. And so, anyway, point being, we see what you're saying, yeah. listener. When you are posting yeah. on Reddit, BGG, Facebook, yeah. we're seeing these comments or these so, suggestions. This is the first of those. This is I the know. first of the listener suggested topics. What is it? <laughs> So today, we are going to talk about what we have effectively called the Game Changers. Game Changers. So, the way I see it, in any game of Spirit Island, each player brings something unique to the table with the spirit they have chosen to play as. The asymmetric nature of the game is such where players will take note of how their spirit differs from that of their fellow teammates, so that they can factor their strengths and weaknesses together to form a strong cohesion that's enough to subdue the enemy and secure a win. Part of the game's fun for me throughout the years has always been how the players need to adapt, change, and figure out just how they can work together to make things work. Okay, so what are the things that we can do? Hmm. Cool. Then, of those, what are the things that we should do? Like right now, even. Each player can make these adjustments, and it depends on who each player is playing as. I mean, heck, everyone plays the game differently, (laughs) and we pilot the spirits differently, too. And that completely depends on the board you're on, who you're up against. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. But I just love seeing how each spirit can play with each other in different ways and how vastly different of an experience I can have simply from the plethora of combinations that we can make with the team compositions. Sorry, solo gamers. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and I don't want to say that the only way that you can have a vast different experience is because of team composition. No, I know. You get what I'm saying. You can have that with scenarios, with adversaries, with (laughs) Laura being there with house rules. (laughs) (laughs) Cheating. (laughs) But just one of the things that makes this game so replayable for me is those differences within the team composition. Finding the avenues where I can use my spirit's strengths to cover someone else's weaknesses while they are doing the same with mine is just simply addicting for me. That's why there's always something to talk about, to strategize, to theory craft, because like you're saying, any combination, even if it's the same two, lightning and river, each game can be different of Mm -hmm. just those two based on, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. who you're facing and scenarios, whatever. Right. And while every spirit can play with any other spirit, it's definitely true that some spirits will require other friends to change their gameplay more than others in order to reach the full potential of that spirit combination. Mm-hmm. Some simply interact with the game in more involved or unique ways than others. Or to put it in a different way, there are some characters who you can play with where you don't need to know what they're doing at all or how they change the game and you can succeed just fine. Yeah. 
Like, I got my mashed potatoes on this side of the board. You got your vegetables on that side of the board if we're a big proverbial plate. And we can honestly... Do our own thing. Do our own thing. We don't touch and we can actually be fine. That's true. That's something that can actually happen. That's been coined as a term I've seen as solo operative. Yes. (laughs) Of just like playing together. (laughs) Solo operative. But doing my own thing. Yep. (laughs) I love those combined definitions that technically aren't official, but you know exactly what they mean. I've just seen that before. In games that are Euro games that are like that, or maybe even some PvP games that don't have enough entanglement, I think the term, if I'm not mistaken, was multiplayer solitaire. (laughs) Oh, yes. We just got Cascadia. Yeah. And that is so multiplayer solitaire. Like, me and Laura are just like... I think that's fun, though, sometimes. It is. I think certain gameplay experiences on the table can be such where we are all engineering our own mechanisms and builds, our tableaus, where it's what I call a race of efficiency. Mm -hmm. Who can simply manage their own stuff the best and get the most victory points? Sometimes you can get in other people's way. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can, like... Like, Southers of Catan is one where we're all doing a Euro game, trying to get resources, build roads, get victory points, and there's some Some interaction, interaction. But the game's not completely built upon tearing other people down. No. You know, like that kind of thing. Anyway. Back to Spirit Island, <laughs> talking about the fact how you actually, with some characters, can, and I guess you technically could do this with every character, but not ever even cooperate with them and just be completely my side yeah. of the field, your side of the field, and get a success. But there are others where it is very important that you are aware of what they are bringing to the table so that you can change your gameplay accordingly Mm -hmm. for the purposes of A, either accommodating a flaw of theirs that their spirit may have, or B, you could take advantage of a unique gameplay opportunity that their spirit brings into your game. And that's what's fun. In this episode, we are going to talk about each of the spirits who we think change the game the most in the way we've described simply by being in your game. Change the game the most. Yeah. That is how I, for myself, kind of defined what does game changer mean. Mine is very similar. Yeah, how would you define it? My game changer definition. Like you're saying, I pictured it as a spirit who is this heavily warping normal gameplay to an exaggerated degree, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it's typically unlocking options that are not previously available. And or they are causing fellow teammates to adjust their typical play style, like Mm -hmm. you're saying. These teammates have to be aware of what this one spirit is doing. Sure. Usually at all times. Because, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, some spirits you don't have to worry about, or there's some spirits you have to be kind of aware of. But these game changers, and we talked and agreed on them, these are the ones who are, like, game-defining and warping the play Mm. style of normal Spirit Island. And just so that it is just absolutely clear, I do not recommend (laughs) completely playing multiplayer solitaire, where Mm -hmm. here's my line in the sand, don't cross it, I'm going to be over here, this is my land. Get off my lawn! Unless it's diversity of spirits. (laughs) Regardless of who you are, you should honestly cooperate with your peeps. It's the most fun part about the game for me. Me too. Please interact with your fellow teammates please cooperate make those cool plans strategize that's why it gets so much fun the growth phase ends up being 10 to 15 Mm -hmm. minutes every time because we're always talking about what we're going to do right i'm just saying that when you look at these team compositions certain pairings have different potentials different ceilings of possibility Mm -hmm. of awesomeness that can be reached and i just think that some characters require player involvement more than others to reach the maximum capacity of that ceiling. Okay. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. No. But yeah, that's all. So I think it's really important to see how each of us defined the question to understand in a helpful way how we have rated, how we have looked at each of these spirits that we have here. Yeah. So we have looked at the roster of characters, and we are simply going to talk about how, in what ways, we personally think this particular spirit changes the game. I'm actually really curious to hear how you approached the examination of these spirits. Did you have a formula? Was it just like, uh, this is what I feel, this is what I think? How did you do it? I looked at, because what's cool about you, as you will go into, you have this rating that you had. I do not have a rating. What we did, listener, a few weeks ago, we just kind of broke down. We were looking at upcoming topics to do, and we talked about game changers that really caught our eye. I'm like, this could be something really interesting because this is something we think is good for newer players. Mm -hmm. Because when you are playing with a certain spirit, and we'll list them, what we think, 
this person should know what you're doing. So I really looked at what type of rule changes, specifically special rules, maybe growth options sure. that really change this like place to presence or yeah. really change it's like your sacred site is a wetland. Mm. Like some of these special rules are affecting only the spirit. But if a special rule or a power is affecting the board or the mm. game, that is what something I wanted to go into, define, really research and just really, I guess, like shine a light on more. Okay. So we'll get into the spirits of why we both think that these spirits really stand out. But yeah, I guess I really looked at what rule changes they do specifically. Okay. Yeah. For mine, what I wanted to do at first when I was thinking about this topic, because this is one that I knew I didn't want to just freelance with. I kind of wanted to make sure that I had a structured approach. And as I've spoken before in the past, my introverted nature is one where anything I want to do seriously, I want to make sure that I prepare for it. Yeah. So that I can consolidate my thoughts and kind of like, okay, I want to approach this seriously. And at first, when I started to put my subconscious onto this topic, at first, I wanted to think about it in terms of pros and cons. Okay. This spirit is in your game. Here are the pros. Mm. Here are the cons. And as I thought about it, I began to realize, "Mm, I don't quite think that is actually the most accurate metric that I should be using. Or at least I wasn't content with the framework of pro and con because of the assumptions and insinuations the word pro and the word con make. Because someone's pro can be someone else's con. Yeah. Someone else's con could be someone else's pro. Oh, I like that thing about this spirit. Right. Yeah. So I didn't think it was necessarily fair to label certain spirits with pros and cons, but rather they have varying degrees of importance of things that you need to know. So I have chosen to examine the spirits in this framework instead of pros and cons. Mm Mm-hmm. Firstly, I've rated each of these spirits that we're going to talk about with a certain rating. And this rating is how big their game impact is. Or if you want to word it another way, how important is it for you to know what they do? So I just have three levels, high, medium, and low. And as a quick sidebar, literally everyone that we talk about today is someone who I think you really should know about. Yes. But even further than that, getting even more precise, each of these characters who I believe you should really know how they work have varying levels of importance, even within this grouping of whose rule set should be understood the most Mm -hmm. between that. So high simply means you must know these rules that this character brings before starting the game. You must know this. It is that important. Everyone must. Yeah. You must. The whole team should know Mm -hmm. this spirit does this. Whoa, okay. That means I need to do this or something. Yep. What you do with it is up to you, but you must know this. And this is so important as you and I have been teaching this game so much and been showing it so much to our gaming group. Mm. We try, I noticed you do this and I've been trying to do it too. We are very intentional about, oh, this is my special rule. This is what happens when Mm. this spirit does this or it can't do this Mm. or something. You have to let people know these things. There are various things in various times in board gaming where somebody, whether in a collaborative game or even otherwise, has said, okay, I'm going to, huh, I think I'm going to do this and use this card. And someone's like, you can do that? Right. Whoa. I didn't know that. If I knew you could do that. You could have been comboing this. Right. And in a cooperative game, it's like this realization of, oh, regretful disappointment because we could have been doing something cool, man. I wish I would have known that three turns ago, right? (laughs) So, of course, these are all my opinions. So when you hear me using the words and verbiage, you must, it's not because there's an actual law. In my opinion, I think it is a significantly important thing that you do so. Mm -hmm. So much so that I'm going to use the terms, you must know this. (laughs) Medium impact means that you should really be aware of this before starting. Okay. If you are in the other room grabbing a beverage while I'm talking about my spirit and you come in after I've said so and I forgot that you are absent from the room, we could probably get away with it maybe, but you really should be aware of it. You could probably still eke by a win or something, but yeah, you You should know. You really should know about this before starting the game. And then low simply means you technically can get away with not interacting with them, but you really would benefit if you did. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is the rating system that I have on mine. So as we talk about these spirits, I'm going to say I rated them as a blank impact, high, medium, or low. And I'll elaborate as to why I think so. Then I've listed, instead of pros and cons, I've listed them as two things. One, 
things that you need to know about this character. And two, other things that are simply just nice to know. Okay. They're not as critically important to understand, but hey, it's not bad to know. It's beneficial. And then lastly, because of these things, the things you need to know, the other things that are simply nice to know, and how big of an impact this spirit has on the game... My fourth thing that I wanted to examine was a suggestion from me personally as to a common behavioral adjustment that I usually make or that I think you as a teammate should probably consider when that other spirit is in your game. So I want to just make sure that this is clear. I'm coming from the standpoint of speaking to newer beginner players or someone who isn't as versed in the game as perhaps we are. I'm not saying that veterans can't benefit from this, but I just want you to know that as you hear me read off of my notes here, my verbiage is literally geared and written for the purposes of being heard by the ear of a newer player. Well, we have a wide array of audience Mm -hmm. listeners type of thing. And we're aware of that. Yep. And we are gaining new people all the time. And that's awesome. And that's Mm. so cool that you found this game and you want to know more about it and you've discovered us. But yeah, we are trying just to make this easier, more approachable. Right. So when I say I'm giving you a common behavioral adjustment that I would make and I'm giving this to you as a suggestion, I want you to know that is Ryan telling you that that is not the kindred spirit podcast telling you that because laura would be like i don't care about that (laughs) or you may be like "Eh." no i'm legitimately saying this is just my thoughts on what you probably could slash should do not that you have to because you can win by not doing that (laughs) it would be helpful right this is just what i usually do or what i usually see people do people being human players when these spirits are in the game so please take this with a grain of salt that's all i'm So what spirits are we talking about? So who is the first one on the docket, John? Because we have a few here that we want to talk about. So who gets to be number one? Number one that we agreed on, decided on. Because like I said, we talked this out Mm -hmm. of ones that uh, we are in agreement. There's a couple at the end that we can talk more about that we might land a little bit differently on. Sure. But for the most part, we think that the... There are a few obvious ones. (laughs) Yeah, there are a few obvious ones. Let's get out of the way. First one is Ocean's Hungry Grasp. Ocean's (laughs) Hungry Grasp. Big, oh, yes. <laughs> and it's almost like there's this the big blaring light of like ocean tile, ocean tile, ocean tile, ocean tile. So, yes, players have to be aware that now control powers have the ability to destroy. That is something that's very important. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to emphasize that I didn't see as often, because maybe our play size has usually been smaller around two or three, mm-hmm. but as we've been introducing more people to the game and more people like spirits, I know your brother likes Ocean's Hunger Grasp. Yeah. And He's ha- just in a phase right now. He's <laughs> just really into that. Because <laughs> my brother is simply somebody who hasn't played all the spirits yet. So when he finds someone that he hasn't played as before and he realizes what they can do, it's just that wonderful infectious spark of... <gasps> And I can do this. And then this. It was first with sharp fangs. Then it was with wildfire. Right now it's ocean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he was telling me about a game that he was playing with you where it was Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger in team size. I think it was your four. Mm -hmm. That was a four player game. And just one thing that's really stood out to me recently is how much drowning income when you gain energy as yeah. ocean depends on the team size. Because yes. when it's solo or two to three, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal where you're like, oh, I'm usually constantly getting energy from drowning every single turn. Sure. But as you get into larger games and maybe your playgroup gets bigger or you're playing on Discord or multiplayer online with digital, mm. you can have bigger games where the team really needs to be on board to help out ocean. Yeah. Because their top track is meh. When it comes to energy gain. And a lot of their energy comes from drowning. But with more players, that means it is a slower income. Yeah. So I think that is something that the ocean spirit needs to be aware of. But the team as well. That, Mm. oh, I need to help out. This is a six-player game. It takes six health to gain one energy. Mm. That's a lot for ocean. And ocean, it's hard to get on all those tiles for ocean. Sure. So I need to be pushing as much as I can. Maybe don't use this destroy power. Maybe pick this control power from the minor deck. Right. Something like that. Mm. So that was something that I've just been noticing or I've been hearing about. I think that should be aware of the team. Just like try and help out Ocean as much as you can. Mm. In regards to helping out Ocean, the Inland Lands. 
Is it <laughs> Ocean can't grow there. I know a yeah. lot of us know this, but that's something just to be like, you need to help out Ocean. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as a starting tile with yeah. Ocean in the game. Right. Because they can go anywhere. Turn one, they can be on almost yeah. everyone's coast, basically. Or like at least three different coasts. Yeah, that's actually a good point. If Ocean is in your game, there is no such thing as my board, your board. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to plan accordingly because right. maybe you are a spirit that I mean, just like, likes Literally to- there is, but like emotionally there is. Which can be tough for some spirits like Keeper. I just want to make a wall of sacred sites. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to stretch right. out or something. It's like, no, I need help over here. Oh, right. I need to adjust. Mm. I need to go over there and help you maybe make my wall of sacred sites. Right. A wrath of tower and destruction over here mm. type of thing. I know there are some ways with the Dabitable Claim or Finder shenanigans to move yeah. Ocean Inland. Get Ocean Inland, I, I'm yeah. talking about general play. The standard play. Type yeah. of thing. So that's just another thing you need to be aware of. You need to help out the Inland Lands for Ocean. Mm. And then one thing that is pretty big is just how much collateral damage Friendly Fire Ocean has. Mm-hmm. And I know it is just from Swallow the Land Dwellers, but because it's a zero-costing card with good elements that can take out an Explorer and a Town, like, that's a good card for Ocean. Yeah. It can clean a land land out it can get them so much potential energy from mm. drowning but they have to drown a dahan there yeah. is no sidestepping that with that card yeah. and that's tough and mm. i mean people need to be with thunderspeaker or even shadows likes to keep dahan around river there are some spirits who love dahan want to keep him around lightning likes to push around dahan you have to be aware of this with ocean in your game yeah maybe get them off the coast or maybe get them away from ocean along the coast so yeah. these are some things where like ryan was saying Teammates need to know where my pushing helps feed ocean, literally feed them energy. And I need to help out them as they are throwing me tidal boon and giving me energy. I need to help out their inland. And then you got to be aware of the Dahan. I think so. And I know we're slightly skewed. I know there are some play styles that maybe they worry less about Dahan and they're just going for win state. But me and Ryan honestly do care about saving Dahan more than just mechanically. It's oh, like yeah. a thematic thing for us. Seriously. To like saving the right. natives of the island. And that's just kind of like the thematic players that we are. Yeah. But like you said, there is legitimately a mechanical disadvantage, gameplay-wise, of losing to Han. Of losing to Han. But the reason why Sweden's escalation is so bad for me is for thematic reasons. You hate it. I hate that. That is the evil that Spirit Island is facing. Yeah. Is that right there. It's the colonization of this culture. No, 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 no. Hate it. Nope, 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 nope. So we don't like losing our Dahan. So no. swallow the land dwellers. I mean, when me and Ryan play with Laura, we're pleading her, like, maybe don't use it on that land where there's two <laughs> Dahan. You're going to drown one of them. Like, And a lot of the times, honestly, you'll accidentally play it. Yeah. And, oh, mm, mm, I didn't plan that <laughs> right. Because you weren't quite thinking about sure, that. You were more thinking about, like, I just got to get this town dead yep. quick before that city shows exactly. up. Exactly. I will say, though, really quick, that yes, swallow the land dwellers may be the only power that straight up says destroy a Dahan. Yeah. But I do want to highlight that their special rule, Oceans in Play, simply says, or whenever a Dahan would be moved onto the ocean. That's a good point. Point being, it could happen without Swallow the Land Dwellers being played. Because there are some control cards that you have to push this and this, and there's Mm. no up to one or or you have to push Dahan And so you may think, well, in this particular land, that adjacent coastal land maybe is about to ravage and I don't have anything to protect the Dahan. Ooh, here, let me go and push him into the drink really quick because we're all on team good guy right i'm not gonna kill Dahan. nope nope <laughs> down the go something you gotta be aware of <laughs> it's a very good thing to be aware of so how did i regard ocean's impact to the game it's high yeah yeah <laughs> ocean has a high impact you must know how this spirit works with a few of their things before you start playing the game so what are the things you need to know Ocean's Hungry Grasp opens the ocean tile. Mm -hmm. That is huge and very important for a plethora of reasons. Having an open ocean means that you have access to free offense. In the same way, and this is just how my mind works, that Earth has access to free defense because literally you place a sacred site in a land, it's defend three. That's not a power. That's not an innate. Yes, I know Downpour can basically have this effect too because there comes a point in their mid to late game where they're accidentally triggering rain Just and mud suppressed conflict. Yeah. And, oh, hey, I accidentally defended here. Whoops. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like when a character is so perfect that like whenever they walk anywhere, there's like flower petals or like 
like plants that follow them like right. <laughs> that are hate how perfect you are <laughs> i just watched encanto so that's why okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of isabella <laughs> but um <laughs> In that case, the defense was free because it's always there. It's always defend three. Because usually you have to play a a power card to defend. To get something in this game. You usually have to intentionally place it there with a power or Mm -hmm. something. In this case, you get free offense. Why? Because when you put somebody, a bad guy, or sometimes a Dahan, if that happens, unfortunately, and Tidal Boon wasn't played, they drown. (laughs) They're off the board and they die. (laughs) And Ocean doesn't get energy for that either. They're just dead. Primarily, first off, you have free offense. Nice. Push someone into the puddle, they die. This has really big ramifications. This means now that control has an entirely different and important function in your game now. Control no longer does everything it did before, which was still very valuable. Now it has this really cool feature. It actually equates to offense. And this can get pretty broken with some of the minor powers that yes. are costing zero yes. that now do damage. Yes. Lure the unknown from range two yes. away. Stuff like that. Ocean's Hungry Grasp literally opening up the ocean tile to be a dwellable, inhabitable space literally cannot happen any other way besides them being on the board. Correct. This is a rare and unique thing that only they can do. Mm. When you open the ocean tile, it is very big for what it does for you, seeing how you can go into the ocean now. Mm -hmm. Having ocean in your game allows you to put presence in the ocean. This allows you to reach so many other lands. Mm. For instance, if you had one presence on land number three, and you have a lot of range zero or one powers... You can't reach land one. Land number two is getting in the way of land one. However, if you had a presence in the ocean, you are range one from lands one, two, and three. That's true. And all you need to do is get to another friend's ocean tile, and you can get all of their coasts. Hmm. And of course, you've got like range two powers, and you can get a lot. Point being, you have a lot of awesome, less limiting restrictions available to you now. So that means when you do a control power that says gather, if you are in the ocean, you can pull them off the coast Mm -hmm. into the drink where they immediately die. Control, resuming that point, is now capable of killing people. This is huge. It cannot be ignored. It's a two for one now. And playing this way, exercising this sounds like a cool thing. Cool. Awesome suggestion. I should pick that up, right? I should probably do that. Here's another thing that's really important. It's not that you should do it just because it's cool. Ocean literally gets paid when you do this. It's nearly a requirement. Ocean's energy income is slightly dependent on how many times the team shoves people into the drink. If you go ahead and indulge in this gameplay style, Ocean literally gets richer. Mm -hmm. Not even kidding. So Ocean gets paid when they put people into the ocean and kill them this way. That is why it goes from a fun suggestion to a bonafide, oh, we need to do this as much as possible. No, the team has to be on board. The team has to be all in and helping out. For this reason. Yeah. Furthermore, another thing that you need to know, Ocean cannot dwell inland. They cannot dwell there. Yes, unless you have some fun shenanigans, which you can do. They can't dwell there. Now, they can still reach there with other powers they find, most notably Dahan using powers, because Dahan are on the inland, right? Maybe you can go for a beast build. There you go. Find someone who can dwell there and make them do stuff. Mm -hmm. Or just find a bunch of cards in the deck that don't have the target land with any restrictions, and maybe it just says any. Right. Your starting hand has a lot of things that say coastal. Coastal, coastal, And by a lot, I mean literally all of them that are land targeting. (laughs) (laughs) The ones that aren't spirit targeting. So maybe find high range cards that can go on any land and you can do stuff just fine. But you can't dwell inland. That is really important to know. Now the things that are just simply nice to know. Ocean is a good fear generator. Steady. It's really good to know that. Every turn. Does that change your gameplay? Maybe it does, but I don't think that is critically necessary to see. It is nice to know that they have Dahan Friendly Fire. Yeah, this was ranked pretty high for me. Yeah. Like I said, I think this is important to know, which is why I'm even talking about it. Right. I don't think it's something you need to know. I think it's something that's really nice to know. Yeah. Also, a thing that's really nice to know is that Ocean can actually teleport to Han. They go surfing. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Is it like Finder? 
Kind of. Kind of. Not in the same way. They can literally take a Dahan when Tidal Boon is played that was shoved into an ocean mm-hmm. tile while you're there, and they can literally teleport them to any coastal land. Which is Yoink. cool. Even if that coastal land is not on your board. Extremely rare. Literally, like, who else can do this finder? I like, think th- that's really cool. Yeah, very I rare. I think that's really cool. So the common behavioral adjustments that I think a player should make when Ocean's on your team, I actually kind of described a few of them already, I suppose. But someone needs to get over to Ocean's Inland Lands during the early game. Yeah. Is this a requirement? No. But someone should really probably do this. Yes. And that can be seen as a con. Because there is a thing in this game called Blight. (laughs) (laughs) It can be seen as a con like, oh, Ocean has no impact on the Inland Land. But you have your next point. Yep. (laughs) That helps this con out, I would say. Doing so is not so bad because you can focus on your own coastline a bit less. So that's why it's not so much of a con that you have to go to their board. Because Because Ocean is going to be focusing on your coastline. They better be doing their part Mm -hmm. and swallowing invaders and swallowing the land dwellers and taking people out along the coast. Now, the next thing I think you should do is you really should try to capitalize on shoving bad guys into the drink. Mm -hmm. I kind of mentioned this already, but I think a good suggestion, maybe have at least one presence of yours on a coastal land. That way you can make sure that your targeting is really good if you find a control power so you can implement it immediately. I agree. It makes control much more efficient. It gives Ocean that much needed energy. And in lower player count games, this is a suggestion. But in high player count games, this is basically a necessity. You have to help out Ocean. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're going to be starving for money. Starving. Because with them, an important thing that you should know is that when they go and drown people, the exchange rate of people killed and drowned to energy that they gain is different based on how many players there are. Mm -hmm. They can drown X health worth of invaders, where X is the amount of players in your game. So if it's a city and you're doing a three-player game, you can drown that city and gain one energy. Yep. It's always one energy, but the health of invaders that you need to drown to get that one energy is based on the players. So in a solo game, drown one health of bad guys to get that one energy. Nice. Six-player game, literally do five health more bad guys to get one energy. So it's going to be a lot longer for them to get paid. So this is why, like I said, trying to capitalize on shoving bad guys into the drink in lower player count games is more of a suggestion, but I still think you should do it. Yet in a higher player count game, it's basically a necessity. Hopefully with five other other players that should be enough to feed the ocean yep if they are all like you're saying on board and shoving and pushing or mm-hmm. growing along the coast using that title boon to push a town or finding their own control powers mm-hmm. yeah if five people are all on board the ocean should be fine honestly mm-hmm. the yep. ocean should not be a hindrance yep. but they have to be on yep board. and hopefully by mid-game late game they found a plethora a nice suite of cards that allow them to affect the board inland yeah i agree all right, so that was Ocean. That was I, Ocean. I don't think that'll get any pushback from people. I don't people. think so. Because I know some are going to be like, oh, they didn't mention this spirit. Oh, I thought mm. this one would have been talked about. Like, sure. Everyone is pretty aware of like Ocean being very mm. I think impactful. that's probably the most obvious one, yeah. I think. And that was the first one we thought of. Sure. That's why we brought it up first. Sure. What's our next one, Ryan? Next one. Serpent <gasps> slumbering beneath the island. I have rated Serpent's impact to the game as... Medium impact. Okay. I think they have a medium impact on the game. They're not opening up the ocean tile. (laughs) Yep. Here are the things you need to know, in my personal opinion. They consume friendly presence. That's rare. This is strange and weird. Serpent does something nobody else does. No. They actually eat people. (laughs) They can eat themselves in solo, and they can eat their friends. They consume friendly presence. What? At first, you think, what? You attack your friends? They're absorbing their essence, Ryan. Don't worry. (laughs) That's just the first half. But you need to know that in the gameplay style of this character, they are actually killing you. Yes, the term killing you sounds aggressive because killing you makes it sound as if there's no second half to what they do. In this second half of this notion, Serpent provides uncommon and very potent buffs Mm -hmm. that are very rare in this game. But 
those buffs only go to the people they've absorbed. Yeah, so it's like you got to get in the line type of thing. You got to get in line. Yes, it is very, very strong what they can do. And see, here's the thing. They can hand out a slew of benefits in this game, but the best ones, the highest quality upgrades and supporting buffs that they give to teammates are the ones that come from their left and aid. This is my biggest hurdle when playing with new people. I was Mm -hmm. once playing a Serpent game with some family members, specifically my brother, and he was so hesitant to let me absorb his presence. I'm I like, was too. And I'm trying to explain what you're saying. Like, no, 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 yeah. you get good things, you know, energy, yeah. and I can let you grow, or like things like that. Yeah. And he was just like, but I don't want to die now. Yeah. It's like, I just grew here. You're going to eat this? Right. To put a statistical numeric value on these things, it's like Serpent has a wide variety of gifts that they can give to people. As Serpent, if I'm playing as them, I have nice level one bonuses I can give you. Cool. cool. Nice. I also have level 10 awesome, yeah. crazy benefits. Which would you rather have? Level 10. Level 10. I mean, I'll take both. If sure. I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll it's take just anything. Realize to get the level 10 bonuses, I have to absorb you. Mm-hmm. And trust me, being absorbed by Serpent is worth it. I also think that you need to know that Serpent has a sluggish start. Yeah. This doesn't mean, like we said in the past, that they are useless in the early and mid game. Just understand, they, hey, wait, do they start with one presence? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And they can only grow one presence at a time. Yep. There are some things that are nice to know. Okay. The things that are nice to know, this one, some of these, some people would say you need to know this. I don't think that it is a necessary thing, but perhaps it is a nice thing to know this first one after hearing that they have a sluggish start. And that is, statistically speaking, Serpent is literally the strongest character in the game. Yeah. That is not even hyperbole. When fully upgraded, nobody can match the ridiculousness that Serpent No one does. can touch it. 17 energy gain, reclaim two and five card play with a slew of elements at my disposal, some of whom are any. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Some of the strongest support powers, what? support, support cards. say 17 energy? And then there's the snake quake. <laughs> the earthquake. The earthquake. They also have a splash defense that nobody else has that scales. Yeah. It is, <laughs> pun intended, scales, serpent. Oh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but it's cool that it's splash defense. Seriously. Yeah. That's cool. It's also cool that it gets better. It starts at two, but it can go to eight. And two is fine because it makes sense. It scales as the game gets yeah. harder, as the invaders get stronger, as they keep yep. building. Two, yeah. it can block a city. It can block a town and explore. Like, two does enough in the beginning. Right. But as the game goes on, that defense gets better. Mm-hmm. Serpent, like we said, can hand out elements, energy, and card play in addition to the other gifts. Mm -hmm. Yes, those level 10, if I want to go back to that hyperbolic hypothetical comparison that I made, yes, those level 10 bonuses are dope and awesome. But while that is what they are known for, they do have a lot of quote-unquote level 1 benefits. And I'm just using level 1, level 10 as like a joke. I don't literally think some of those are 10 times better than others. I'm just doing that for a comparison. But they have things that they give out besides their left innate. Yeah. <laughs> they do give energy. They do give elements. They do give Major card players, yeah. which is really nice. And then, like you said, something that's nice to know, they can potentially attack every single land in the game. Yeah, spread out and go boom. With that ever-famous earthquake. Yep. Some common behavioral adjustments I think a player should make be mindful of your presence placement Hmm. because you're going to have to make do with less presence out there. That's a very good thing. Why? That's important. Because you want to be sacrificing presence. Yeah. Trust me, you want this. You want this so bad. As often as you can. The moment you get absorbed by Serpent, they get three energy, which is nice. Mm -hmm. You get an element of your choice, which is really handy. We've talked about why Bowden can do that and how that is so cool, or Shifting Memory can do that and is so cool. Love handing out elements. Serpent can do that with Absorb Essence, which is nice. Give you energy, and their defense power, Elemental Aegis, gets better. It does. And they can actually get more presence on the board because they are capped on how many presents they can get out on the board based on how many so people they they've absorbed. To absorb. It is in their gameplay yeah. to be completely upgraded by absorbing people. And you 
want them to be fully upgraded. And you want to get in on getting a major power without having to forget it. Mm. You want to be getting that consistent energy stipend oh, yeah. all the time. You want to be getting another present out there. It's worth it. <laughs> Trust us. Another thing, maybe place a presence in their land to help out in the early game. Okay. Because they do, in fact, have one presence. Yeah. They have an amazing Elemental Aegis defense card. But they don't have a ton of cards that affect the board state at the start. No. It's a little bit better, in my opinion, than Shifting Memory, but it's just not a bad idea to maybe some of you, or at least one of you, go help them out in their land While in the they're game. still in their slumber yeah. phase. yeah. It's funny how since one of us is going first, you have your notes, I have mine. I'm wondering how much thunder we're going to take, but I don't mind. (laughs) No, 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 it's (laughs) It's fine. fine. I mean, like you said, the deep slumber track is so important to know. Mm. And that is my biggest hurdle with explaining it to newer players or just people who are less familiar with the game. You just need to, hey, for me to grow more, I either have to like kamikaze die, which isn't (laughs) ideal, right? Because you can- (laughs) It's not ideal. You want presence on the (laughs) island or I absorb you. So let's go with that option, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's tricky because people are like, but you told me a lost condition is if we don't have enough presence on the island. If I lose all my presence, John, you told me we lost. Yeah, but we also said that losing presence is not nearly as bad as you might think. Exactly. Which is true. Because you have how many of these things? 13. Yeah, and some people start off with three presence on the island. Mm -hmm. You can grow, make sacred sites and make two more. Mm -hmm. So, like you're saying, it is not too bad to lose one. And if anything, Mm -hmm. you want to keep getting absorbed to gain these good benefits that you're Mm -hmm. having. You just gave me an idea for a very unique scenario that I've never thought of before. Ooh, tell me. What if there's a scenario where you start with like three or four, maybe even five or six presents on the board from Whoa. game start, but you can never place presents? Huh. And instead, if ever you do a growth option that places presents or you would play a card that places presents, you must do redeploy instead. Whoa. So you can never place presents and what you have is a very limited set of presents. Yeah. And then you can never even get better. Nope. Type of thing. You are hard capped at like a medium. Medium power level. But maybe you choose which ones get placed from like what track Track or whatever. So it's up to you. That'd be really interesting. That'd be like handcuffed scenario or one hand tied behind your back. I wonder how hard that would be. Now I'm thinking like adversaries and combining or something like that. That would say I literally that was cool. no joke, a spur of the moment I like immediate that. thing. I, I like sorry, that. I didn't mean to interrupt. That was just No no, it's fine. That'd be so cool. That's weird. Sorry, okay. go on. <laughs> you were talking about, it is important to just really emphasize they have the one land targeting power card. I know they can do like mini earthquakes with the mm-hmm. right innates, but they do just have elemental ages. They have yeah. really strong support cards. Yeah. So when you're getting that support, like mm-hmm. you're saying, Ryan, go and help them out. I'm not saying Serpent is weak at all. Nope. I think they're very strong spirits. But with one presence starting and maybe with faster adversaries or front-loaded adversaries, maybe like a Sweden, I know they're only difficulty eight but when they start with extra cities extra towns or double blighting maybe serpent could use a little bit of eight type of thing yeah giving someone aid doesn't mean they needed it no it just means that we all benefit if it happens because you're getting something now you can give back Mm -hmm. i like what you're saying where they are the strongest i view serpent as like honestly one of the most jekyll and hyde type spirits okay where they start as uber support they have so much support, even with Absorb Essence, like you were saying, they mm-hmm. are giving support. And they're just like, here, I'm boosting you up, I'm boosting you up. And then there's this change mm-hmm. where they almost become like this monster type of thing. Yeah. But a cool one, they're on your side, yeah. they're helping you win, but they are just completely different. And Talk maybe, about a hero's journey. Yeah, this like starting from, not from nowhere, because support is very right. important. But this like this weaker land influence spirit mm. into one of the most destroying spirits in the mm. game, like you're saying. So that's just something to know. Like, oh, is this all you're going to be all game? You're just going to give me like extra card plays or elements? Is this like all you're doing or minor powers? Like, yeah. no, dude. <laughs> I am about to like give me a couple more turns. I'm about to unlock this. Yeah. And I can get four card plays or 16 energy. I do think that Shifting Memory probably has the more satisfying hero's journey than Serpent does. Okay. But I can get into that later. And this is going long already. <laughs> Because <laughs> we still got a lot of way to go. <laughs> yeah, the Serpent Rouse and Anger, that is such a unique innate, is yeah. such a damaging innate. Yeah. And I think that is, like you're saying, it is a reason to help Serpent buy them time to achieve this level of destruction. Yeah. If you can help them out and let them do their area of defense with Elemental Aegis, and then mm. you are playing extra card plays, you are gaining extra power cards, you are gaining extra elements and energy or major powers maybe with these things, you are helping them slowly wake up 
up and then just go boom. Yeah. And just nuke the island. Yeah. So, yeah, they are extremely important. I do think that deep slumber track, like you're saying, like these high priority things to tell people, you need to let them know about this special role that you have because it mm. is so unique. Like you said, there is only one spirit that does this so far that absorbs other people to get stronger. That is highly unique. You need to tell your teammates that. Hmm. Yeah, that serpent. Great spirit. Yeah. Game changing spirit, game breaking spirit. But yeah, they take some time to turn into what they become. Yeah. The next one. Okay. (laughs) Who do we got? Who do we got? Who do we got? At first, I was like, maybe, but then I was like, yes. Okay. Type of thing. Yeah. Because again, we talk these out. It's Heart of the Wildfire. Mm. I think because I've played with you so often, I'm like, oh, no, that, no, they're easy to play alongside mm-hmm. with. But it's one of those things where you just get desensitized the more often you sure. see it or play with it yeah, or something. Yeah, you just normalize it. It's that. like, oh, yeah, this always happens because it's wildfire. Sure. But as I was like thinking from a newer perspective or just like from a game changing perspective. Yeah. This is highly unique. I actually did some research. I want to go into this. Go for it. They are one of the few spirits that are able to affect the board state during growth. Yeah. I know all spirits can grow and place Mm. presence or move presence. I'm talking about spirits that either add tokens or do damage or move things that are affecting the board before people are going into the fast phase. Starlight's like, hello, hi. Yeah. (laughs) So I made a list. One of them is Finder. They can move buildings with one of their track bonuses. Sure. During the growth face fangs adds beast special mm-hmm. rule, special rule add beast <laughs> <laughs> but it's true they can add a they there, can it add is. A, there it is there's our daily ding, reminder ding, play the special rule <laughs> that's funny keeper making sacred sites one of the forgotten special rules they are affecting the board yeah. and pushing out to haunt mm. mines can add a beast and gather a beast from their growth three options starlight mm. like you were saying could do two damage at range zero during yep. the growth phase trickster i love that track bonus after hey, the that's a recent one. Vengeance can also add disease. So those are the ones I saw that can do things during growth that are more than just placing a presence. Mm. And I think that is unique. I only listed like seven or eight there out sure. of the 20 some that we have in this game. But <laughs> Wildfire can do one thing that no one else can. And... That's starting with extra bite. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> you know how you have your levels of importance? I don't think this is yeah. one super high, but they are the only spirit to start with extra blights. I think yep. that's unique. It's nice that Very. it comes from the box. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and not from the blight. That would stink. It's like, and they're on the game, they're on the island, and there goes a blight off the card. And you're like, <laughs> what? We haven't even started yet. But that is unique that they start with all this Very. blight in the sands. Very. And that sounds like a negative at first. Because that means your starting board has three blight now. Yeah. Ooh, that's not good, right? Could be. You've made me see it mm-hmm. as a positive, Ryan. I'll get into this later. later. (laughs) As if you don't know what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Obviously, when the spirit, so I'll just get to it. When the spirit places presence, it does damage. Yeah. So there there is is the the ding, ding, ding type of thing. And it is instant damage. Yes. Type of thing. It just happens. Mm -hmm. There's no waiting around type of thing. It is like, boom, two damage, three damage, whatever, how many Effectively, there are three phases now. Oh, that's true. Because there's fast, there's slow. And then there's wildfire. Yeah, and the wildfire <laughs> phase. growth phase. Yeah, with wildfire. <laughs> How many times have you been like, okay, I can damage this bad guy, and maybe in the slow phase I can finish it off? It's weird because you're like, okay, I can damage this guy now, and maybe in the fast phase later sure. I can finish him off. Yeah. In the fast phase. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy to think about. And hey, if I can't even kill them in the fast phase, can someone kill them in the slow phase? <laughs> What's so cool is placing a presence is almost like a card play yeah. for wildfire. Yeah. Which is so strong. It's like, this is a damage power I'm using. It's not even affecting my hand yeah. or my card play. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes as the spirit gets stronger or more tiles are unlocked on the growth tracks, yes, they have blights. Mm-hmm. So that is something that the team should be aware of. For mm-hmm. sure, it's like, hey, guys, I'm blighting this turn. Obviously, we know about the right innates that can remove blight, but there's something to be aware of with this. Mm-hmm. So coming from that team perspective... You just got to be aware of this. Maybe don't, not like don't grow around wildfire. Just be careful. Like maybe, I don't know. Just be aware that when they grow, they will eventually add blight. Mm -hmm. So if you are not a blight friendly spirit, maybe don't dwell in lands with them or near them type of thing. I just don't want you to lose presence if you don't have to is basically Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. 
I thought that the blight from spirit effects or powers can't destroy Wildfire's presence as Destructive cool. nature is so cool. That is so unique. So great when a cascading blight hits you and you're like, eh. I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ryan, I'm going to play drought here and it's in your land and it's going to cause blight. Ryan's like, okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Right. That'll help me like with my land targeting powers of when blight. When I was first learning Wildfire, I was like, okay, basically all the blight that never hits me, I'm immune to. The blood I care about is when they attack me. Right, from the invaders, not from <laughs> And I had to play the game more to see the value of that, you know. Because some of those blight powers are strong. Right. So, and sometimes something will cascade because of an event that you weren't calibrating yet in your plan because, uh-oh, hello, like I said, an event happened. Yeah. And so now I was about to enter there, but since an event made it blight, if I go in there, it's going to cascade. Yes, it's another blight, but that also means that if that's cascading into your land, it's okay, you're fine. It's okay, you're fine. It's a nice thing to know about. Maybe that's why I like wildfire so much. Because one angle about them is they have built-in event protection. <laughs> Ryan and those events. Hmm. Subconsciously. I, I know. Th- there's the ding for this episode for the Ryan Glamboat events. <laughs> Last thing. Last thing. I actually really rethought about this after we did our rankings of the gift series, of the gift card series, because we had such a difference in our Flames Fury placements. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I think at least like 10 spots away from each right. other. Mine was like four. And mine was like 12 or 16. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I don't think it was 16, but yeah. No, I think it was lower than that. Yeah. It was like 12, it, 13, 14, 15, Yeah. So that maybe range. it was like nine, 10 away. It was enough of a difference to be like, let me rethink this power. I think, like I said at the time, yes, I'm just not used to this spirit or I don't play this is a spirit. I hope you understand too, like for yourself, I hope you don't actually think that you're missing something. It's just a play difference. No, but I like to reconsider things for okay. sure. I'm not denying you that opportunity. I'm just coming in to snip any negative self gotcha. harm thought of why I think of that. Like, no, no, dude, it's just how you play. Don't worry about it. If anything was beneficial, because as I was thinking about this Game Changers episode that we're doing, and as I was rethinking about the gift cards, I was like, yeah, Flames Fury is important for teammates to know because as I'm drafting powers and as I'm pulling from the minor major deck i know if i pull a card that does damage or is damage focused it becomes that much more powerful because i know i have wildfire on my team who could just add one damage it's basically like always having a badlands available and that's huge and i get an energy for it so not just a badlands a badlands that can't hurt good guys exactly and it's used for every power that i use Mm -hmm. not just in one land with the badlands Mm -hmm. whenever i use a damage power Mm -hmm. so like i said i've been rethinking this and that is very good for the team to know that this power is available for them to use yeah it's great for wildfire zero cost and good elements but also i get an energy for it so when i'm pulling because i know i play some spirits that maybe don't do as much damage but mm-hmm. oh this has my elements and it has damage okay may i'll pick that because i know wildfire is going to help me out with that damage mm-hmm. so those are some things that really stand out obviously yeah. placing a presence doing damage is like the big one and yeah. i'm sorry if i stole thunder i know I you care. love wildfire but those are the <laughs> things that stood out to me of like this is what the team needs to be aware yeah. of and this is how this spirit is so different than mm-hmm. anyone else I understand that we could have the capability of repeating things that we said in the fact that you said one thing because you had your notes, I had my notes, and we purposefully don't look at each other's notes so that we can surprise each other on the show. So that's one of the reasons why it's not so bad if we repeat because we'll just gloss over things that we share ideas on. Yeah. But it's fun to see your thoughts unperturbed by the fact that I never saw them prior to this. Yeah. I know generally that you're doing an examination on them. Of course. But I kind of like to know what your approach was. You know, and I think it's cool for you to see what my approach was. Wildfire. In my opinion, their impact on the game is medium. Okay. I consider them a medium impact. I would agree. The things that you need to know. They are a blight user. Yeah. I literally label spirits in my brain as spirits, among other things, who can dwell well or not so well with a blight user. This is a bonafide blight user. Mm-hmm. This is the OG blight user. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the biggest thing, they perform attacks by moving or placing presence. That is huge. Yeah. Also, you must know that blight is placed wherever they go. Yeah. Does that happen the first time they do it? No. Every other time, <laughs> most likely, sure. from then on, they, got fire they do unlocked. so yeah. because they have enough fire elements unlocked. The things that are nice to know, Wildfire is a range zero specialist. Their strongest attacks are free and range zero. Their ranged attacks are quite lacking. Mm -hmm. They don't have many, they cost energy, and they are slow. 
So that is why a wildfire player is more likely to be willing to jump around and place presence and deal damage that way by moving it as opposed to doing it with their starting hand. I agree. One thing it's good to know, wildfire can hand out energy and bonus damage. Yeah. We talked about why that is such a good thing, but it is important to know. And although I don't think it's something somebody must know, I think it's good to know how somebody can help you. Because how many times have you asked a question? Hey, can anyone do blank? Can anyone take out the city? Oh, can, can anyone only... do whatever? I can only do two damage this turn. Can anyone give energy? Can anyone hand out another card play? Yeah. Can anyone make me fast? Can anyone whatever? You name it. It's just simply good to know what they can do so that you don't have to ask those questions because you already know it. One thing, as I'm thinking about, as you're talking about Wildfire, and I didn't think about the Range Zero Specialist, and that's so true. And the way I play with you is so similar to when I play with Laura's Ocean. Hmm. I know it's not as instant when I'm playing River and pushing things into the ocean but when i'm playing river say our Habsburg game and many other games it's just easy to reference these games that the yeah. listeners know sure, about sure. But when i because <laughs> i could be like remember this one game and me sure. and you are the only ones signing our heads yeah. and everyone else is home like what sure let's establish that credibility sure. <laughs> <laughs> so say in that Habsburg game i was pushing things honestly to an ocean tile yeah, to the unquote. furnace yeah because yes same result it's the same result mm-hmm. river can't destroy as much or it took me time to unlock massive flooding to that tier mm-hmm. level but i knew that if I push it to your lands, every single fast phase, you would do leftinate and destroy and yeah. burn or place presence. And yeah. I just kept pushing it towards you. So that is something that I'm seeing so similar. They are different because wildfire can spread out yeah. more than ocean, obviously. But that mm-hmm. hive and offensive scale mm-hmm. and is so beneficial to the team as me who likes to play support and control. There are simply certain spirits that have kill sites. Yeah. Keeper. If you want to shove someone to a kill site, look where they have sacred sites. Mm -hmm. Get a bad guy anywhere near their sacred sites, that's a kill site. Yeah. Ocean, a kill site is the ocean tile. Mm-hmm. Lure's in your game. Look for lands where lure is dwelling and there's a lot of tokens. Look for all those tokens. That's a kill site. <laughs> yep. Wildfire, look for a land that has blight and has their presence. Yes. That's a kill site. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, shove people, bad guys I mean, to that kill site. Yeah, it's very important. Wildfire, another thing that's really nice to know, Wildfire is an incredibly good blight remover. Yeah. Incredibly good. That so often gets forgotten. As people talk about the spirits, they mention, you know, the high offense and they mention the blight, but they don't mention the blight removal. Right. And it's important. I've talked about it before. I'll talk a little bit about it later. But one thing that's really important is the thing that you brought up too. They start with two extra blight. At first, this has two emotions to it. One bad, one good. First one's bad, probably takes the famous spotlight. Second one's good. Some people ignore it. First one, we all know it. I even mentioned it 15 minutes ago. You now have three blight on your board for standard game. This is the most often emotion I hear about yep. wildfire. You have more blight on your board. Yeah. Uh-oh. And that's not good. That means I don't more like cascading potential. Exactly. There's just more blight on your board. Yep. The second half dark horse good benefit that this is, is your blight threshold is now plus two mm. higher. Because that did not come from the card. Mm-mm. That came from the box. So if you heal it, it goes to the card. Yeah. Which means you have more blight than you technically were quote unquote supposed to. But this benefit is only a benefit if you heal it. Until you heal it, it's not a plus. Which, like you're saying, is very easy for wildfire to yep. heal blight. But it's something I think people should know. Here's one thing that people, I think, understand, but I don't think they see it often, so they can sometimes forget it. Okay. Wildfire has access to literally the single strongest attack in the game. Wow. I'm speaking for one land, of course, but literally the single strongest attack in the game. Mm -hmm. It literally equates to Briny Deep. Wow. They literally have a briny deep level innate that can literally destroy all invaders. Yeah. The that only is spirit. literally the only spirit. infinite damage. Yeah. Infinite damage. That can mean two people. That can mean 500 people. Yeah. That is insane. Are you going to get it all the time? Probably not. Are you going to see it in every game? Probably not. The finder players are salivating, Ryan, hearing that. But do you have it? Yes. 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 
It's nice to know that Wildfire literally has access to the strongest attack in the game. Again, control spirits pair so well with Wildfire. And sure, I think usually, and I've said this before, I would rather do decent damage in many lands than infinite damage in one. But that's still infinite damage. No, but that's important. (laughs) Say there's six buildings and it's England and you can't have a seventh. Boom, everything's dead. I don't care about your extra health. And this attack is simply Firestorm, their innate, fully maxed out to the ultimate level. Firestorm is very flexible in the fact that you can split it up at lower levels Mm. to attack multiple lands for low damage. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is to split it up in perhaps maybe four increments of one damage in four different lands to nix four explorers. So many builds. You're stopping. Yeah. Lastly, a nice thing to know about Wildfire is that they can accidentally be a good Dahan or Beast user. Oh, I didn't think about this. Yes, you are placing presence and dealing damage when you place that presence. And yes, Blight is being placed there. Sure. But that's not the only thing that happens. Dahan and Beast can run away. Mm -hmm. And if they can run away, then you accidentally have a built-in every single turn, if you want to, consistent Beast and Dahan moving power. Yeah. That's not something that should be ignored. I think that's pretty cool. Find a single defense card, and you can make a rudimentary Dahan build with them. With one defense card. Because you have a built-in control card. So now you're, like, digging beneath the levels of, like, the famous thing is the damage with presence. But you're, like, the things that forget forgotten is, like, oh, they're really good at controlling Dahan and beasts. And, oh, spirits can move around with beasts. Or you can set up beast attacks or Dahan counterattacks. And no joke, if you don't want to do a beast build and you don't know where to push them, hey, send them to the coast. Maybe you find sea monsters. There you go. Honestly, something as Seriously. simple as that. So that you can get that eight fear. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven, I thought. <laughs> well, just kidding, eight. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but no, it's just something that I think you should be aware of. Yeah. Some common behavioral adjustments that I think you should make. Stay away. <laughs> I was like, maybe be close. <laughs> I was a little like. I literally have this written in all caps. It's all caps. That's funny. I just saw that. Now, there is an exception to this if your character can survive blight or hazardous conditions like stone, or vengeance, blight, green, right, right. volcano, downpour, mist then you can get away with it, sure. Generally speaking, they will kill you if you go and dwell where they are. Don't touch the fire. Probably stay away. But like you said, John, it's a good idea to send enemies to their lands if you can. They're like an ocean. They're not good at range. No. They would love it if their enemies came to them. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing if you, as Wildfire, can still kill bad guys and get a lot of damage out there without having to put your friends at risk. Also, perhaps make blight removal a higher priority in your brain. You like doing that dance. You are a very efficient wildfire. And that's the way I think wildfire should be played because I think that's just the sweet spot. This is my opinion. It does the most with keeping your friends safe as well as the island unblighted Mm -hmm. while you can still be valuable in dealing damage. Yet, it will make wildfire's game less stressful for them if you remove blight yeah that's all and preferably remove blight that is not on their dance floor no they set their own dance floor and they jump around on their own dance floor get blight that is not on their dance floor out of there because if then you are removing blight then they can like kind of go all weapons free Mm. and that's a fun sight to see when wildfire is like oh i can grow whenever i want as often as i want let's go baby not only is it fun to see it may be the only thing that can save you in some games true Not kidding. Higher difficulty games when you have England around and you can actually benefit from Destroy All Invaders, Mm -hmm. you will want them to have the capability to jump on a land without having a blight there already so that it cascades. Sure. Yeah, it's a very important thing. There's a fun little interaction that I want to remind people of with Wildfire, and I don't think it hurts just to lend eh, one example of a specific thing. Yes, placing a presence with them does damage in the way that we described. But it's also when their presence is moved. Oh, yeah. Which is actually really important. One of my favorite interactions with this, because reasons, (laughs) is with Mist. With Mist, go ahead and play Silent Forms Dart By. Yo, Editing Ryan, care to define that for us? Yeah, I gotcha. To fear if invaders are present. When presence in target land would be destroyed, its owner may, if possible, instead push that presence. You may gather one presence or sacred site of another spirit with their permission. Thank you. 
So, with that card, drag Wildfire into your land. Move a presence hmm. into that land. Hmm. It gets dealt damage because of Wildfire. But what about Miss? Are they going to die? Blight enters, which triggers silent forms. You move the heck out of there. Yeah, that's cool. So you can literally, on your turn, go and grab Wildfire, get over here, and get out yourself. Get over here. It's so good. That's because cool. they can jump to a land and affect two away. When you're thinking about, hey, what can we do this turn? Hey, you move one land closer to me, and I'll drag you a second land and do damage in that other one. It's like a trail of fire. It's literally the wildfire spreading yep. on the island. And since you are missed, you're just like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. The Matrix dodge. Yep. That's just one of the interactions. But it's a fun one, and it's one of the reasons why I personally like wildfire and mist. Because, hey... Getting Flames Fury on Mist is uh, not bad. <laughs> because pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty good. Getting additional damage with them as well as the energy. <laughs> <laughs> but this fun interaction. Play Silent Forms, grab Wildfire, mm-hmm. make them attack. Yes, a Blight enters, but you can get the heck out of there, which is really fun. Really cool. I like that. Yeah. It, even doing this list... It's almost like a recentering or reevaluating these spirits because you get so used to playing alongside right. them or with them. It's like, oh, I see now what the Tahan move. I'm like, that is so important that mm-hmm. I'm just, when I first was playing this game, I didn't see that as important or moving yeah. B. So this has been really cool to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that looks like all the time that we have this time. This always happens to us. <laughs> this always happens. It's true. Well, it commonly happens. It commonly happens. Hey, we had a lot to talk about. What do you want to say? Yeah, and we didn't want to rush things. Right. I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, I can cut out some of the things I wrote. Like, no, mm. I want to hear what Ryan's saying, and I have my thoughts. Like, we didn't want to mm. rush through things that we think this is an important, uh, good series. And it's not that we don't think you wouldn't appreciate an episode that goes longer than 60 minutes. It's I might not have enough time to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> think of it. Ryan, everyone. Please. Please. <laughs> so we will go ahead and continue with this list in part two, which we will now have to make, <laughs> which is fine. That's fine. Totally fine. And we will see you next week with that. So until next time, we will catch you on the Flippity Flip. Peace out. We appreciate that you took the time to listen to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We're grateful that you did, and we hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it. Feel free to interact with us on our socials. You can catch us on our Facebook or Instagram, as well as BoardGameGeek, Reddit, and Discord. Consider supporting us on Patreon, where you'll get access to episodes early as well as our private Discord. Links to all those will be in the description of this episode. Have a great one, and may the elements be ever in your favor. This isn't no mine. This is a tomb. <laughs> well, that would work with my vengeance one. <laughs> That's fine. It fits here. It fits here. <laughs> We're from the future. We're from Quick. The... We got to go back. Bye. <laughs> Days that never were. Or what? We got to finish talking about vengeance. <laughs>